poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Philosophical Friday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your hosts, Brad Wilson and Duncan Palamortis. What is up, everybody? This is uh, Duncan Palamortis, and I'm joined today by Peter Birmingham, and we have another episode of Philosophical Friday. Uh, as you can uh, tell, uh, the setup today is a little bit different. Uh, Brad Wilson is uh, not with us because he is busy with some very important parent duties, and as as Christmas uh, and holidays are on the way, so. Uh, we're trying to fill in for for him and 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 Peter. Uh, welcome and uh, really happy to have you here. Join us to to the podcast and to talk some pretty interesting things. How are you today? Very good. Uh, great to be here. Thanks very much, Duncan, for that uh, introduction. And um, yeah, as Duncan said, I'm filling in for Brad today. He's busy. And um, for anyone, obviously, nobody's gonna know me, or at least most people won't. Um, I've been a student of Brad and a member of Greatness Village for the past two and a half years. Um, and yeah, so that's awesome. Excited to uh, delve into today's topic. Today's topic, and and uh, what what is today's topic? I'm, I'm going to ask the the question that Brad always asks me. What what is today's topic, Peter? So today today's topic is artificial intelligence, uh-huh. and you know we're gonna we're gonna see how that relates to relates to poker and some of the concerns and uh, some of the uh, developments and, you know, some of the good things that can come from it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we were having a little bit of a conversation before the podcast started. And and you told me that, you know, in, in research for, for today's episode, you went into the good old rabbit hole, getting into some of the stuff. And there's a lot of stuff going on just for the listener. Um, just a, a brief update. Uh, about half a year ago, there was a, a gentleman, an engineer working at, uh, at Google. His name is uh, Blake Lemoine, who came out and talked about sentience in, in AI. We're going to talk a little bit about this. Just recently, like a couple of days ago, uh, there was a huge, huge update on um, chat GPT, which is a form of AI that can actually write essays in a very uh, believable uh, way. So people talking about it all the time. So. Peter, what are some things you know that you saw in that rabbit hole? Let, let, let's start there. Some things that drew your attention, you know, picked your interest. What are some things that you saw there? Well, I think kind of straight away. Like first off, I, I looked into you know just briefly kind of the history of AI and its, its kind of beginnings, where it started, like back in the fifties when the idea was first first sort of um, first sort of mooted. Um, you know, um, Alan Turing and mm-hmm. talking about it, machines developing and stuff like that. Then I kind of, I, I kind of got drawn towards the um, to looking into the, the the machines that you know have developed to you know beat human players at mm-hmm. chess, right? At Go, deep blue at mm-hmm. poker, and this is you know from the from the deep blue to the deep stack, right? Coming in, you know, uh, pluribus and. Now, more recently, AlphaGo um, from Google, mm-hmm. and 
just sort of looking through, you know, just um, how it's developed over time has been, you know, astounding. Like, I, it was pretty interesting. I was reading about um, Libertus, I, I think it's called, which was the first, one of the first, um, or at least the second AI to be able to beat players at heads up, no right. and hold. Right. And there was actually an interesting article in around that written in 2017 by mm-hmm. someone in the Denver Post, I think it was, or mm-hmm. one of the Denver papers. And it was saying, it was discussing the fact that, you know, this, this machine was out there now and it was able to beat players at, at heads up. But don't right. worry, you know, being able to be multi, you know, more than two players, like five, six players, still fun that's away. a long way off. Like, right. you don't have to worry about that. Two years later, Pluribus is, is beaten six of the best. Right. You know, it's there. Uh, right. So, like, it is very interesting that you're bringing that point. I mean, you made, you made a lot of points there. I mean, you made the point uh, about history. Uh, you made the point about the fact that we have seen several games being beaten, you know, from the deep blue uh, to... Uh, uh, in chess, then we have the AlphaGo that actually also does chess, but uh, was able to to beat be Go players. You're talking about Liberatus. I actually wrote about Liberatus in my book. It, it, it's something that uh, you know over over Carnegie Mellon. It was an, an incredible an, an incredible advancement. But the the other point that you made, which is uh, very very interesting, is the idea that. Um, we are trying to measure sometimes the speed of progress and humans are really, really bad at understanding the speed of progress, right? So um, especially when it comes to uh, to computation, which is something that I'm hoping to delve into a little bit later, what is and what isn't AI. But this is something that can definitely, we can be very bad at. For example, there is a famous example in physics. Uh, I believe it was around 1900 where people thought, you know what, everything that pretty much, everything that is to be discovered in physics, you know, it has been already, more or less, right? That was in 1900, right? And uh, like 20 years later, you know, like, first of all, five years later, we have special relativity. Uh, so that time, time is relative, essentially, right? I mean, time is not the same for all observers. Like everything that is to be discovered has been discovered. And all of a sudden we say, wait, time maybe not be absolute. You know, just 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 a little maybe here. Then we have general relativity. You know, everything we thought about gravity being a force is absolutely incorrect. Gravity is not a pull. Gravity is like some sort of a distortion of space. And then things are sliding there. They're not being pulled. They're just sliding sort of even even light itself. So, and then we have quantum mechanics. <laughs> Up at this point, you know, we thought that probability was just a proxy, like we do in poker, you know? Oh, the chance of a king coming on the river, let's say a two-outer is around, like, you know, from the turn to the river is about whatever, 5%. So it's not really the 5%, it's just a proxy to reality because we just, we try to, um, if you will, uh, we, we try to approximate our uncertainty and our confusion of how the deck has been shuffled. There's no really randomness in, in poker. It's just we put randomness to um, compensate for our ignorance. And then quantum mechanics comes and tells you, well, maybe randomness is innate to our way of thinking and things. So that happens a lot. Like humans, we're terrible, terrible, terrible 
in, 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 in predicting. So it's really funny that you mentioned that. The, the fact that, you know, we have issues with the speed of, 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 of progress. And, uh, and what were some things you saw? Let's take, let's break that down, like those, those, those three things, which I think they're very interesting. What are some things in history you saw that, that caught your attention? Like what would be um, a historical um, tidbit it, it could be related to when this thing started. It could be related to anything at all. What, was there some, some, something historical that you saw there that was like, wow, that is really fascinating. It's, what, what comes to, to your mind in terms of history? I suppose, I suppose one of the most interesting things that to consider is when some of the earlier iterations of AI, the actual level of computing power Yes. that was required like right. i mean we're talking you know like massive you know servers the whole a lot a lot of power right. was required to um actually carry out carry out the functions and then you move forward in time to pluribus which was basically designed on what could be considered a home computer mm -hmm. no no bigger than a home computer right. and running off very relatively small power so Absolutely. that's 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 a massive leap forward. Like Absolutely. I mean, that's that's huge. Absolutely. The fact that we've now, like I mean, obviously we're used to you know computers get smaller, technology has grown smaller over time, um, but just the sheer functionality of you know something that to be able to go onto a computer compared to you know an iteration from even fifteen years ago, twenty Absolutely. years ago, like I mean, it's light years in the difference. Absolutely. And let me, if you don't mind, let me just uh, say something on that, right? Because this is incredible what you're saying. You're absolutely correct. So you're making a very important observation there. You're saying, on the one hand, there are technological improvements that actually allow for the same power to be performed at a smaller scale, right? So that is basically the efficiency of technology, which, which you're absolutely mm -hmm. correct. And this is something that, you know, companies like semiconductors and companies that actually create those chips are responsible for. On the other hand, we have the machine learning aspect of it, right? Which is essentially the computer science, which is people come up with better and better algorithms. So, you know, there are ways, you know, there are ways to, um, to find you know, uh, the, um, what you're looking for, like to, to give you like a classic example, because this is stuff that, you know, they, they really, they really fascinate me. Uh, if, if someone, let's say, here's an example of what I mean by a better algorithm that hopefully, you know, for the listener, for the uninitiated, we don't necessarily want to get technical here. So let's say that you and I, Peter, uh, we play a game, right? We play a game and I'm thinking of a number to keep it simple. Let's say that that number is somewhere between one in a hundred, right? And then you, you try to guess that number, but of course you need a little bit of help, right? So you can ask me, you can ask me questions, you know, is the number, you know, you can say is the number 17, you know, is the number 18? So you can, obviously one strategy would be, yeah. is the number one? <laughs> is the number yeah. you're thinking two? Is the number you're thinking three? But if you're allowed to ask yes or no questions, you know, there's something better you can do. Perhaps, you know, you can you can guess what that is like what would you do what how would you try to find you know my number if you're allowed to ask yes or no questions like if we were to play like yeah, that like i mean obviously if it's between one and 100 very first question mm. is your number below 50. Mm. 
Exactly. Exactly. And this turns out to be one of the optimal ways to start the game. Exactly. Because straight away you have you have the field. So you have the have the permutation in, ex- in, in play. Exactly right. So you have like you narrow down your field to exactly half. Now someone may say, well, you know, uh, you know, maybe you know Duncan a little bit, and maybe you know that Duncan, you know, he likes specific numbers a little bit more than others, and that can be factored in. And indeed, you know, when AI get that information, they will factor it in. But all else being equal, having no other information, the best way would be to narrow down to half. And then you start with 50. Whether we get to the upper half or the lower half, then we get to the 50-50 of that. And, and before you know it, you can actually get that number with 10 guesses, roughly speaking, right? Because to, uh, with, uh, excuse me, I said 100, not 1,000, not guesses. You can get, uh, we can get the number down with seven guesses, right? Because two to the, two to the seven is 128. So it's, it's logarithmic. This is called a very efficient uh, algorithm. It's a very efficient algorithm that can actually, you know, uh, find results much faster. And there is a huge progress in computer science. So there's both progress in terms of technology, people find better ways of doing things, and in terms of, of algorithms. Uh, what was something that fascinated you uh, in terms of specific game-related results, whether it was you know, um, chess, whether it was Go, people have made progresses also in, in Bagamon, uh, they've solved checkers using computer science, obviously poker, a lot of stuff in poker. Maybe you can share some of those tidbits for us there. What happened there? I think the most, the, kind of the most striking thing to me that's, that stood out, and this was specifically related to poker and also especially with the, with the Go, when the AlphaGo beat the, 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 the Go champion, right. was the strategies used by the AI are not strategies typically seen from right. human players. Right, right. These, like, I, I saw one comment in particular about the goal match and that nobody in thousands of years of this game has right. taken this line. This, right. this was just never thought of or, exactly. or never done for whatever reason. Now, Go is a very complicated game. I have no understanding of it. But, no. like, from even looking at it on a, you know, sort of prima facie, I could see, yeah, okay, that's, that's incredible, like, that they, that they found something that nobody else had done or that we know of. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and, and you, this, is, this is an incredible observation. And by the way, for anybody who wants to, uh, to watch this, there's an amazing um, documentary on, um, on, on AlphaGo. You can find it on, on YouTube. It's, it's, it's incredible. Like the whole journey, the engineering team, uh, the, the Korean um, world champion, uh, very, very, very beautiful. You can find it on YouTube for free. Uh, but you're making a very good point that indeed the AI did find paths that humans were not able to do, right? And, and this is for, for many reasons. First of all, these games are so complex almost by definition, there's going to be areas that haven't been explored by humans, whether by accident or for other reasons that we don't understand. Like, I mean, the games are so incredibly, incredibly complex. And, and I remember Gary Kasparov in particular around 1997, when he was playing against Deep Blue, IBM's first serious attempt uh, to, um, first serious successful attempt to beat the chess champion, 
in 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 chess. I remember Gary Kasparov, the then world championship champion, saying, um, "I really tried to choose moves that will make uh, that will restrict the possibilities for my opponent, because I knew that if it comes down to computability, I'm going to be destroyed." So I wanted to limit down the paths. I wanted essentially, so for, for poker players, that would be the equivalent of like cutting out huge branches of the tree. So you don't yeah. want your opponent to go to complicated branches of your tree if your opponent can actually be very, very uh, calculation, calculation heavy. And I, I just thought, I just thought it was fascinating. Another example, there is a beautiful example from Libratus, Libratus, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Yeah. Um, when he was, you mentioned earlier, right? He beat some of the best heads up players, like four players, right? And I remember Doug Polk was coaching them back in the day. It was It was a thing. And I actually wrote an article about how the AI at some point went crazy with 5-3 suited. So it was, it was incredible. Like, uh, so the action went something like this. They were playing heads up. Button raises, right? I believe they had something like uh, uh, King Jack suited, King Queen suited, I forget the exact hand. Uh, Libratus on the big blind, three bets with 5-3 suited. Incidentally, they're like crazy deep. We're talking about, I, I don't even remember, 500 big blinds deep, 1,000 yeah. big blinds, like crazy deep, right? So three bets with 5-3 suited. Okay, that's fine. Um, button four bets, right? And, and Libratus decides to, to flat the four bet out of position with 5-3 suited, right? Wow. This is exactly. That's, it, that's it, confidence and ability. That's <laughs> confidence and ability. That's exactly right. So, so the way, you know, like I, as a viewer, like to see this is that basically Libratus is trying to be what we would call super balanced. He can literally show up with anything under any circumstances, right? This is how showing up with anything under any circumstances looks like when it's sort of like very nicely polished, right? Because humans, we would be terrible at trying to do that, right? We would probably yeah. overplay or underplay certain hands. And I, I, I thought it was, I was fascinated by this. So to make matters worse, by the way, uh, the, the AI flops a uh, bottom pair and he like, gets all the money in against the flush. So like goes crazy, goes butt insane. And I'm like, holy smokes, that happened. That was like, it was incredible. It was incredible. I don't know, have you, have you seen that hand? Have you like maybe? No, I, I haven't seen that. But like, I mean, that kind of rings true for a lot of what I was, you know, looking into. Like I saw one, one particular comment and it was like the AI, because you've removed the, the human element, the emotion, it's all about winning. If there's right. a 10% chance the AI can win versus a 90% chance they're going to lose, they're going to take that 10% right. chance if it makes, you know, if it makes sense in their calculations. The human's not going to find that. Right. You know, emotion is going to stop them in a lot of cases. Very good. And, and this is actually excellent like you know they they're going to take those winning chances however they can which actually now brings the question what exactly is artificial intelligence right what does it try uh what does it try to do and maybe maybe you can try and take that part what is artificial intelligence and maybe i can try the other part what isn't artificial intelligence because there's a lot of miscomprehension there 
Yeah, I, I suppose to me, um, artificial intelligence is the ability for the program to adapt mm-hmm. and learn and build upon itself and review review its its past performance and get better as a result. Like, I mean, let you know, sort of bringing it back to poker in particular mm-hmm. to sort of it will review its calculations from the day's play, make adjustments if necessary, and you know, play better the next day. So it has right. learned and it has improved. The same way you would hope uh, a human player would if if they were, uh, you know, following the, following the same path. So that to me, you know, sort of a very basic meaning of artificial intelligence is just the ability to adapt itself to learn and to, to develop and become more efficient at whatever it's, particular task is, you know, whatever the functionality of it is. That is an excellent, excellent definition. Excellent definition. And it it goes down exactly to that idea. The idea of basically learning, which comes from machine learning, the idea of adaptability, the idea of basically analyzing data and finding uh, what I would call, or mathematicians would call correlations. Like the AI is incredibly good at finding correlations. Uh, And uh, to the other side of things, right? Because uh, again, AI was in the news. Is AI uh, sentient? Is AI what you know? Are the Terminator Terminator days near us? You know what, what exactly <laughs> is happening? You know, like should we go and take cover? Uh, there is one very important limitation of AI that people typically don't talk about, and that the, that limitation is that AI is correlational. It's not causation. It's not uh, causal, and it's also not contextual. In other words, what I mean is that the way the AI works literally tries to identify patterns from a huge database, and they're awesome at at doing that, right? So one example, why ChatGPT, for example, was so successful in, in writing essays? A, because there is a huge amount of them, so that's number one. They need a big sample to look from. And second of all, they're vague enough so that the AI can actually have a decent margin of error. So the margin of error is also very important. So if you change a word to another word, then the other person will still get the meaning. So it's not necessarily incorrect. Now you compare that, for example, to original scientific work which is first highly unique, so they don't have the data to do that. And also there is not room for margin of error. You change one digit in your entire calculation on yeah. something and all of a sudden it's, it's incorrect, right? So this is, that's why this is one thing that AI is not good at. And indeed, you know, Stack Exchange banned uh, chat GPT. For those of you who don't know, Stack Exchange is a place where you ask scientific questions and get scientific answers accurate, as much as accurate as possible, of course. Part of the reason why it's not there necessarily is because the really good correlationally speaking, the really good at identifying patterns, they're not good at creating original thought. And I want to underline that for all of our progress, all of these years, AI are still glorified imitators. They're not original thinkers, right? This is very, very important. And, And of course, I'm happy to have that conversation, you know, a little bit further. I don't know what are your thoughts about. Do you think have you found in your um, in your rabbit hole any original thinking from from AI? What are your thoughts, Peter? 
No, not really. And like, I mean, that kind of what you're what you're saying, like, makes a lot of sense. And even when you look at the applications that it's that it's used in, you know, like where it's where AI might be used in like trading programs and stuff right. like that for the stock markets, which is all about like, I mean, that's like that's what traders were doing for years before they had like any sort of computer algorithms helping them. Um, and that and that's what it like and then for you know database searching you know medical stuff um crawling through legal database any of these applications for it that would you know that would that would make a lot of sense but it's not going to based on what you're saying and it makes a lot of sense and the ai is not going to sit there and come up with a complex legal argument for you right based on yeah you know something original they're not going to that they're not going to be able to have that creative creative aspect right um, exactly. which yeah, would make a lot of sense and if you're making a good point they're not going to be able to do that uh, with uh, with let's say a, le a complex legal argument unless they're trying to imitate somebody else's legal argument that they have they have seen before I, I, yes I, of I, course I, if, it's, <laughs> if it's a regurgitation process, if it's, really, it, it, if it's really citing case law or something like that well yeah AI is going to be yeah AI is going to be nailing it like but, um, but yeah. Exactly. I remember I had a friend of mine who, who used to argue that, Duncan, what if we had somebody who knew all the information out there on the internet, right? I mean, somebody who knows every little bit that's out there in Google, isn't that, you know, like the smartest, the smartest human being? Yes, it would be as the smartest being, not human being, it'd be the smartest being. But the question is, would this being be able to progress? by itself knowing like would be because the thing is that there was like ai today for example can produce music right how about that uh, and music that we've never hear, heard before but the question is can the ai produce new music genres can it create something from things they haven't seen before and the way computational um calculations the, the, the way computability works one needs to see patterns to learn from so without those patterns, you know, it's it's impossible to learn from. And, and just to to paraphrase Roger Penrose, one of his uh, conjectures is that consciousness is not computable. It doesn't necessarily co come down to computability. So one big question, I guess, for AI is how much of our being comes down to computability? Because this is an open question. Perhaps everything there is about us comes down to computation. Like once maybe we understand a few factors of the neurons or the DNA or everything, perhaps we can extract information. And if it comes down to computability, then AI may be able to crack it. But the way I like to put it personally, and that's a conjecture, AI will never come anywhere close to being either contextual, causal, sentient, however you want to call it, unless we themselves know how to create life out of thin air. Right. So ah. because because we will need to unlock the question of what is what is life? Like, you know, how do we get into, um, you know, creating life out of, you know, organic material? If we understand this, then uh, we understand the computation of it, if it's computational, then, yes, the computers can learn that, too. But un unless we sort of like unlock that, I think there is a gap there that cannot be bridged. So we can have up to bionic if you will bionic robots but not pure you know um 
metal robots that can you know supersede humans <laughs> and and to be fair like even even from the science fiction realm like what you're saying make you know is still is on point because right. even in science fiction anytime there's been sort of um ai that's been you know fully sentient and mm -hmm. able to you know feel it even if it wasn't feeling the most but even to think creatively on its own it's always had an organic component right it's always had some sort of organic component right. no matter what what film or what series it was there's always been that element to it so obviously somewhere along the line when they were you know coming up with these ideas for shows people somebody decided well we have to have some element of realism and you know if you haven't got a living or some sort of living organism within the system it's not going to be able to do this very very good very good peter and is this uh so so people yeah the, so the bottom line is don't be afraid of the terminator be afraid of the edge runners cyberpunk i don't know if we have any gamers in the audience so you know <laughs> have have human half robot that's the and this is actually an excellent segue you know because uh, uh, ethical concerns are really in the back head of people and we were talking a little bit earlier and you mentioned that part of the things on your research were ethical concerns what are some ethical concerns people people are having what are and what are some of your personal concerns well i i think like I, sort of as a you know sort of a more general overview one of the bigger concerns around i is oversight mm -hmm. you know um the level of autonomy as as you know sort of people see uh more and more functions in various areas to sort of ai um the level of, of autonomy seems to go down like people are not you know the, the actual oversight of, of it seems to go down um and that's maybe you know that's maybe an area that needs to be that needs to be checked mm -hmm. and regulations what like i mean look, we all know governments are very slow to act it's like you mm -hmm. know it's like turning battleships trying to get them to do anything but they are light years behind like they're only just catching up to internet stuff Right. Like, I mean, regulations surrounding the use of AI and, you know, how it can be developed and stuff. Um, that's, that's, a, that's an even bigger area. Like, I mean, that's, that's a potential minefield, depending on how far the technology is going to go. And if they don't get out in front of it, it could, there could be some very serious ethical questions down the line. And, and you're absolutely... And yeah, sorry, that was that, that was just, you know, that was sort of the, the, the general overview, like from a for from a more myopic viewpoint, say from the poker standpoint, obviously, you know, a, a, a bot that can, you know, be humans for a significant big blinds per hundred over a large sample. It's a real threat. Like, I mean, it's it's a, it's a real threat, especially when we know that it can be done on, you know, a small scale that it doesn't take masses of computing power or massive servers, that this can be, you know, all you need is the know-it, all you need is the ability to program it. And so that is a concern. Absolutely. How big a concern it needs to be, that's a, that's a bigger question. You know, like, I mean, this is not something that everybody can, you know, create. It, it does take a lot of time and it, how many iterations of these things are out there. Are there, is there something close to pluralism? deployed as we speak in the online streets right no this very is very hard to track 
Very hard to track indeed. And, and, and let me just say, this is not myopic at all. Like what you're describing right now, regulation is a really big issue. And, and Brad and I, we often talk about regulation in other aspects as well. And we're worried that certain areas might not be regulated properly. That doesn't mean not regulated enough, but properly is certainly the word that yeah. we're trying to understand, right? Because I know a lot of a lot of poker players think, you know, maybe we don't need more regulation, we need less regulation. Whether it's more or less, what we need is good regulation, right? Whatever yes. that, that, that may be. But, and, and that's always the key is good regulation. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and actually, to your point, that concern, uh, because I wanted to be fair, I mentioned Blake Lemoine earlier, uh, or I guess Lemoine would be the English <laughs> pronunciation. But uh, part of the, he, he, he did an interview and people asked him, like, do you really fear that the AI is sentient? And he said, not really. This was a way for me to raise awareness. Uh, I'm paraphrasing, of course, raise awareness yeah. to the ethical considerations. And just even if we're right about this um, um, uh, speculation, if you will, if, even if we're right, right about the postulate that, you know, uh, we're not uh, 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 threatened by a Terminator, we're threatened, threatened by an edge runner, so to speak, you know, a bionic um, uh, being. That's still a huge threat, right? I mean, even if, you know, the AI at its current state, even if it's not sentient, they can still perform a lot of things which can be that can be dangerous, like go to an automated um, automated factory, take a self-driving car, which by the way, uh, disclaimer, I'm invested in, in, in companies that make self-driving cars. So I'm actually, not Tesla. <laughs> so <laughs> Nvidia for anybody who, who's interested, but the um, still, you know, and, and I believe in that technology, but still there's so many things we don't understand. So there are potential dangers there. If we get it wrong, self-driving cars, they don't need to be sanctioned to cause a lot of accidents. And I'm not saying that, you know, the rate of accidents in self-driving cars is high, but these are real concerns, a, a priori con concerns, like real, 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 real concerns. Um, so, um, what are some 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 positive things that you think AI can actually uh, help us help us with in, in 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 the future? I suppose, like, general efficiency at you know performing tasks like that's at a at a basic level. Like if we if we consider again, we we'll consider you know uh, poker and how how it's played. You know, if we watch, uh, say, Pluribus playing and what, you know, how they, how that system tackles various opponents and, you know, using various bet sizes, we can learn. We, and that's where we can learn from it um, in, in real time by, you know, playing against it. This is a thinking, this is a, you know, it's, it's calculating. It's a calculating system, whereas... Like, I mean, people are training on, you're training on something like IO, um, it's all based on inputs. And it's right. inputs that you've made or somebody's made for you, but it's, it's limited. Whereas if you're playing against a genuine AI or training with or learning from, right. there are no limits. Like it's right. whatever they have calculated in, in that moment. And that's what we do. Like, I mean, that's, that's basically what, he, what the best, human players do is they make adjustments on the fly and absolutely what you're yeah. referring to like you know essentially neural nets that's how they um that, that's how they work right i mean essentially they are 
they are live, so to speak, right? They, they never stop learning. Any new experience becomes a new data point. So they keep playing against uh, each, each other and then they incorporate all that, um, that element into it. But what, what sounds, me like, uh, sounds to me like a very interesting uh, observation, again, that, that, that you made, Peter, is that um, essentially we teach, uh, and I'm using the royal we, of course, uh, we teach a software like a, a, a Pio, for example, we teach how to calculate things, and then it teaches us some opportunities that we can we can look for, for specific inputs, right? So there is a little bit of a of a back and forth. So yeah, it's it's a give and take procedure. Yeah, it's a give and take procedure, right? I mean, we're using the human creativity, originality to come up with these ideas, and then they use the sheer computability and correlational power, right? I mean, the the power to see patterns better than anybody, existing patterns. That's the interesting <laughs> caveat yeah. here. And then we learn about patterns that you know our limited cognitive capacities haven't allowed us, you know, to 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 see. We look at directions that we may. Uh, honestly, may not have the time to 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 look at, and that's that's exciting, you know. Like that that computability uh, is is exciting. Uh, uh, are you excited about automation at all? Are you excited about the idea of uh, automation? I like automation. I think I think automation is a good thing in mm -hmm. general. I think it makes us more efficient as a society. Um, in general, it keeps it long term it will keep costs down for any number of sectors and like there are plenty of sectors where costs spiral out of control like the health sector for one especially like you living in the states um, yes. and if there's any way that uh, ai can sort of reduce those costs down long term that's a, that's a huge social benefit um i am i i do like automation i do have you know, look, there's obvious concerns around, you know, automation means, you know, less jobs for people right. in those particular sectors. But I think I think the challenge in that is going forward as, as a as a society is to find better ways of using people. Exactly. You know, there's there's different uses exactly. for people. We don't all have to be slaving away nine to five. There are exactly. other applications for us if computers can do these other jobs better. I mean, you know, we we we're, our opportunities are limitless because there are so many things that AI will never be able to do and never be able to perform. Like an AI is never going to be able to cook a, a three-star Michelin course uh, meal for a person. That's just not going to happen. You exactly. Know? That's, exactly. And that's just one, one random example. A, a random example, and also. I'm glad that you brought that up because that's one of the things actually I'm not concerned about. I have other concerns we maybe we can talk, but that's not one of them. And the reason is people are forgetting a lot of factors. Number one is exactly what you just talked about. There are specific things that AI cannot necessarily replace humans. You're absolutely correct about that. And one, we talked about one of these things. Cooking is a perfect example, but then there is other things like, you know, that involve creativity, original thinking and things like that. The other aspect that people forget is that, and you mentioned it, you can use this workforce elsewhere and not just you can use the workforce elsewhere but the fact that now we create a system that has a lot of automation creates new jobs 
someone has to control in some sense that automation. What I mean by that is someone has to perhaps deploy that automation. Somebody has to make sure that that automation needs the, its batteries replaced, so to speak, you know, right? Yeah. So there are going to be different aspects. And obviously, I'm, I'm oversimplifying here, but the point is we can use those people to spread that automation properly, efficiently, reducing error, human error, doing the repairs and all of these things. And at the same time, like, it's not like... Uh, the way I like to put it is, um, you said we don't want to, and this is going to resonate with all the poker players, we don't want to slay from nine to five. That's, I think a lot of people have that yeah. in common. But it's not like, I don't think any uh, of, you know, us poker players, especially the listener who takes time out of like their precious day to listen to a podcast like this or other podcasts, it's not like, oh, instead, I just want to stare at this white wall the whole time from nine to five because I'm, I'm lazy. No, we want to use our energy to something more productive, more creative, more original perhaps, or something else in general, even if we don't want it to be productive. So I think that there is a huge possibility, huge potential for people to, uh, and of course I'm talking about non-lazy people, clearly, yeah. but, which is I think <laughs> the majority, honestly, of the people, I think the majority of people are good people, the majority of people are not lazy people. So to use them in, in proper, um, whatever uh, the proper will be in the new, uh, in the new norm, in in a proper, in more proper environments. So, uh, is that sort of like the the, the vision that? Uh, how would you calibrate that vision? What is what is in your vision of like how would automation look like? Because I don't want to put words in your mouth. Yeah, no, that's that's you know that that's pretty much what I was what I was driving at. Is that yeah, like I mean, yes, we need it. You know, automation makes things more efficient. The will obviously, as you say, like at the, at the end of the day, AI is a machine. And will right. always need to be serviced and upgraded and developed further. And there's always going to be room for the human component. And then it's just putting those extra resources that you've now made available to better use elsewhere in society. Like, I mean, we constantly talk about, uh, you know, there's, there's a lack of people in this. We don't have enough of a workforce here. We don't have enough of a workforce right. in this sector. But that's, it's, it's about managing resources. Right. It's not about, you know, it's not about the resources not being there. It's just about managing them. And that's, and that's the challenge moving forward with regards to automation, I think, is where you freed up that, where you freed those resources, how best to, how to educate people to, you know, to, to move to different sectors. And there's, there's the, the possibilities are endless. And, and automation can, can make so many things, more things possible, you know, okay. as well. Absolutely, absolutely, and I and I I do think it's such a, it's an important thing. One of my um, one of my favorite quotes from uh, Jensen Huang uh, happens to be the CEO of Nvidia. And again, a disclaimer: I'm, I'm an investor. But one of the things that I I really like about his vision is that his goal is to work on the automation of automation. He wants to basically like automate things that automate things, right? Because again, I mean, it's a, it's a semiconductor company. They are all about computation and, you know, GPUs and all about calculation. And to me, you know, regardless of, of specifics, this is a direction that can be incredibly helpful because AI is all about co computation. It's all about correlation. It's all about this type of, you know, um, this type of things. And um, how about poker? 
right? You know, what are, you know, some, some things that, and you mentioned, or you mentioned it already, you know, like you mentioned how we can take advantage of what we have available, like how we can learn from Pi or how we can learn from um, those devices and, and artificial intelligence. What are some things you perhaps hope uh, we can get in the future? Uh, what are some concerns you may have? Let's start with the, the, the hope and then we can get to the concerns. What are some things you wanna see from AI moving forward as it pertains to poker and how would you, how would you use it you know, to, improve, to improve your own game? Um, I, I suppose, like to see, like, I mean, a lot of the training, a lot of the training products that are on, you know, that are on the market, they're pretty much like, I mean, anything like Pi, anything that's sort of, you know, GTO based, like Pio or DTO, GTO is all the, the whole plethora of, they're all running solves. They're all mm -hmm. coming off the same. Somebody has sat there and put those solves in. What I would like to see is an actual artificial intelligence trainer. That is gonna right. that is gonna play against you. That is gonna react to you. That is gonna that can take your hands, look at them, give you give you options. You know, based on you know whatever computations it can make. Say maybe this. You know, you could have done this here. Or you could have done that here. And it's based more around reality. And mm, I like it. Like that will factor in then. It will bring in like there's there's a there would be a lot of elements of MDA in there as well. Right. Like I mean, it's going to collect that data and sure. it's going to use that data and it's going to use that to exploit sure. the pool as well. So I think that would be that's probably you know the hope that you would have something like that. Whether that's a good thing or not, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that you see, it's nice that you say that, right? Because. It's a complicated issue, and we're not here to give yeah. answers. We're here to explore and think about it. And and actually, you, you gave me an idea. Like I mean, you said playing against you, and that's that's beautiful. And also potentially play with you, right? I mean, sort of like get in your shoes somehow and say, listen, from I I, I know Peter, you see all that data, but perhaps I see the data a little bit differently, right? because of my yeah. you know sort of like co computational skills, says the AI, not, not in yeah. it as essential. You understand what I'm saying, I'm metaphorically speaking. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, do these calculations, and perhaps this is what I would do in your shoes, given your play style, you know, like that. Like this is, this is a beautiful thing. I've never thought of that. It's an excellent way to take advantage of the, um, uh, the dynamic part of the AI that you alluded to earlier, right? I mean, because Pio is static. Right? Somebody programmed yes, it. It's like takes input, gives output, right? Uh, it's basically a function. You feed it, you know, you feed it uh, pigs and you get out sausages. Not the prettiest image, but that's sort of the idea. <laughs> well, that's, that's the reality. Yeah. <laughs> that's the reality, right? But then you can have something which is more, you know, a dynamic and more suited to your needs. And that is, that is incredible. And this is actually funny enough, something that doesn't, um, get limited or restricted from the uh, correlation does not imply causation problem, right? Because the AI does not need to be causal, does not need to understand life to help you. All it needs to do no. is understand patterns, correlations, and your partners, uh, your, uh, excuse me, uh, your patterns in particular, right? Which is something that exists out there. So as long as the AI is yeah. correlational, which it can be, it can help you. 
And this is an incredible, I've never thought about it. This is a beautiful, beautiful yeah. hope for the future. And it, and it doesn't matter what way players adapt, because at right. the end of the day, all that means is the patterns change. And right. all it needs is, you know, a, a, a sample size, whatever sample size that is, to start seeing what the new patterns are and to adjust based on that. So it will constantly evolve, right. based, uh, you know, off that, rather than, you know, rather than this, you know, mind numbing, everybody's trying to break it down to know an exact frequency right. of, you know, like, I mean, that, that's boring. That's boring, Whereas, yes. You know, that, that does not excite me whatsoever, boring <laughs> over, you know, charts for hours. But the thoughts of being able to, to be able to play against or play with and learn from an action, from something that's actually, you know, thinking on the fly and, you know, putting itself in your, that's, that, that, that's, that's exciting. That's interesting. That is, that very is something exciting. I would like to be a part of. Yeah, Absolutely. that's exactly. I mean, we, can, we can call it a Pio Peter, you know, so it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love we, it. We may have to get the patent, the, the copyright out there now, Duncan. I can see, I can see the masses running, running to their computers to start programming. That's exactly right. But, you know, I, I, until then, I'm going to be using this. So, you know, for future reference, you know, I'm going to call it the Pio Peter. I really love that yeah. idea. It's, it's really, 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 really cool, a cool idea. And I mean, not to be party poopers or downers or anything like that, but we're realists, right? So what yeah. are some things that we legitimately, as poker players, uh, are worried about? And uh, we should, um, you know, you already mentioned, of course, the ethical considerations of, you know, uh, data mining. And uh, this is a, a topic, you know, in and All of itself. itself. Yes. I mean, yeah. it's crazy topic to talk about. And we're thinking of exploring it uh, at some point. But what are some just concerns that we have as poker players? What are some things? And, and also for the listener, potentially, you know, as we get into that era to, to protect themselves. Yeah. Like, I mean, I suppose, like, I mean, obviously, like, First and foremost, I mean, if you're playing online, like haven't watched, and I, and I actually sat and I, I watched through some of the hands that Blurry was played, just, just to kind of get a feel for what was, because I, I hadn't actually watched any of this stuff. And for all intents and purposes, you would think you were playing against some sort of, you know, maniac recreational, with right. all the different sizes and everything that was happening. And it was like, if I did not know that I was watching, you know, sort of a, a winning strategy, I would have thought, I want to sit with this player's uh, immediate left. Because this, this, this guy's nuts. Like, I mean, right. some of the stuff he's doing is crazy. But um, you, to be actually able to detect anything in its patterns of play would be extremely difficult. Right. So you're relying now on companies like PokerStars or GG uh, developing uh, their own security AI right. to be able to uh, to be able to um, detect the actual, you know, the actual program in the system in some way. Um, and that's like, that's a whole different set of challenges with Absolutely. the availability. Like, I mean, it doesn't, like, in, an AI does not even have to be hosted on the computer that somebody's playing on. It could be it could be screen scraping and you know printing out results beside somebody. It's yep. like I mean we know this is we know this happens with you know right. people using um, sort of dream machines and stuff like that. So that that technology's there. That that happens. That that's part of the game. So I think 
when you're playing against something like if you're playing against something like that and that's deployed on any sort if that was deployed in any sort of scale i think that could be the actual death knell of online poker um for cash games and i think i think that's i i think that's important i i think i think tournaments are a different piece um simply because of the varying stack sizes Mm-hmm. All the different, I, I, I think that may be a little different. We know that's different for solvers. We know that kind of, it's harder, to, it's, it's much hard. harder with uh, tournaments. But cash games where you're playing at that kind of steady 100 big blinds constantly, it's, um yeah, it, right. that could actually, if something like that was deployed on a mass scale, I think that could really be, I know like the harbingers have been saying for years off online poker, so, but that could be the end. That could be, you know, the, the death knell. You're, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. And you're bringing a, a lot of good points. One, just side point that I want to make, you're absolutely right about like, you know, 100 big blinds versus like really short stacks in the tournament setting. One thing that I would add, if we talk about like deeper poker, like to the point where we're reaching like the thousand big blinds, that's the point where potentially uh, the cash game could outweigh in terms of complexity a tournament. Like, you know, like it can get more yes. complicated. But of course, you're talking about, you know, the day-to-day sort of like yeah. what you would see on a cash game on like, let's say poker stars or like in, in a place like places like this where most people for the most part, they're playing hundred big blinds effective and you're yes, absolutely, absolutely correct. Yeah. Yes. And they're, they're getting just, just, just in case for, for the listener um, who may not be aware of that, of that nuance, which it's clear, clearly you are. Um, but you bring in two very important points that I want to, I want to really talk about it. Very, the first one is you mentioned earlier and, 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 and this is very, very true you know, a player that looks like a maniac to, to us, right? I mean, yeah. we perceive it as a maniac and they may be playing an optimal strategy. And this comes back to the idea of imitation, the high correlation that, you know, the AI has actually uh, identified for itself. I mean, they're not doing it consciously, but they create that imitation perhaps, not not to fool us or anything like that, but they, um, they're finding those patterns and those patterns can actually create a very fooling image image for us. And this is similar to somebody uh, creating a fake scientific paper. If you are not an expert, the AI will fool you every time, will fool everybody, right? So it's, it's the same, same idea. But I just wanted just to touch a little bit on that. But the, the other point, which is extremely important that you mentioned, is that perhaps one way we can fight the... Uh, disadvantages of artificial intelligence and the downsides is perhaps with more AI, right? I mean, the idea that security can use its yeah. own AI. And that's another very interesting idea. And we have seen over the years, for example, people used to be afraid of hackers. We still are afraid of hackers. And, you know, now we have things called like antiviruses. Now we have things like, you know, counterintelligence. Casinos used to be afraid of, you know, card counters until they actually hired card counters to work yeah. behind the eye in the sky and, you know, just uh, ruin it for all of us uh, traders. So the, uh, uh, the joke, of course, uh, is that um, there are, you know, for every bad guy who uses technology for nefarious purposes, uh, hopefully, there is two good guys, you know, who, you know, can use technology for 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 better purposes. And, um, but I just wanted to say, just in closing, that for me, uh, the concept of imitation is personally my biggest concern. That's what I'm most concerned about because AI is an excellent imitator. It's such an excellent imitator that you know people can start like 
you know those robocalls like at some point yeah. they're not going to feel like robocalls why because again there's so much data of real humans talking uh, ai has improved tremendously on the way they're using uh, speech patterns so anything that can be imitated that is the the real for me uh concern right i mean things and, and you, you you alluded to uh to earlier uh uh, wow. I mean, we, we went through <laughs> a, yeah. a, 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 a huge, uh, you know, ray, ray of things. Um, so um, do you have any, any final thoughts, any things that, you know, you, you saw or you wanted to address, like as, we, as we're talking today? Um, or it's definitely a subject that I want to, that I, that I want to do. Because this, like, I mean, it was something that it's popped up recently again. And mm -hmm. like, I mean, it's always something that's been around in the background that has been for years. And again, it's popped up recently on Twitter now with chat, chat GPT. And, right. You know, people trying to say that's kind of brought AI back to the, back to the, you know, sort of into the, into the, the, the forward consciousness. And it's, it, but it's definitely a subject that I want to delve a bit deeper into and, you know, just, to see the, the possibilities like i mean where what what can be achieved and right. what you know what can't be achieved and you know where where it's going like i mean what direction are they actually looking to take it it's um it's it, it's really it's been my i have to say like i mean when when you dropped it dropped it on me saying this as a possible topic i was like right. okay let's have a little look and all of a sudden then i was down the down the ai rabbit hole and <laughs> yeah yes. it's been uh it's certainly made for an interesting 24 hours don't get this topic <laughs> yeah, it, it is it is fascinating it is fascinating and i gotta say peter you know um uh i don't i don't, I don't know i don't know for the listener but i i gotta say i mean you've done your homework peter like it was an excellent conversation no i mean <laughs> you didn't just like go down the rabbit hole i mean you you kept notes i mean you're like very on point i mean you did your research it's excellent i mean i i really enjoyed uh, I really enjoyed the conversation and, you know, for the listener, drop some love, go to, you know, greatest, uh, you know, village and drop some love for Peter. Give us some shout out. I mean, yeah, I think he, he was yeah. amazing. So I'm there daily. I'm readily accessible in greatest village. If anyone wants to discuss AI or other poker topics, I'm, I'm always available. Absolutely. And what are some, uh, you know, places where people can find you? Maybe, maybe your Twitter, if you have Twitter or like any, any other social media you're currently on? Um, well, Greatness Village is the best place to find me. Excellent. Um, I'm on, I'm on um, Twitter, just Peter okay. Birmingham. You'll, you'll find me. I'm there, <laughs> probably, probably following a lot of poker players. So if you, uh, I'm, 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 I'm easily, uh, I'm easily findable in that respect. Beautiful, beautiful. So, uh, so there you have it, folks. Uh, you can find Peter on uh, the the village. This is the the best place, but also at Peter Birmingham uh, on, on the Twitters of the world. Um, you can also find you know uh, Brad uh, at CPG Podcast, uh, and um, can find myself at Ask the Math the R. Um, why Alex beats Bobby? If you want to see our beautiful faces in in video form and. Uh, you know, rocking for me this uh, this terrible video quality. Well, I'll, I'll improve there. Professional <laughs> podcasters here, Peter. We'll we'll get there yeah. eventually. So, but once and, again, and we, we we will throw in the old. You know, if you've enjoyed this, hit like, hit subscribe. You know, 
It helps out. It helps out the channel. It does it helps help. The algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It does help the algorithm. I always forget about that. That's true. But more importantly, if you if you enjoy it, that's good. You know, that's that's what we we're here for. Hopefully, you know, we we triggered uh, some thoughts. We're not here to give any answers. Just just thoughts. Explore some of these topics, some of our concerns, some of our hopes, some of our dreams, and spark a conversation. And uh, let's continue that conversation over at the village. And Peter. Thank you so, so, so very much for joining us today. Looking forward to do this me, again. Duncan. Yeah, absolutely. Next time, next time Brad's off, you know, conducting family business, I'm, I'll, I'll be there. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Thanks again, Peter, and take care, everybody. Take care. See you now. Thanks for listening to Chasing Poker Greatness. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter, join the Greatness Village community, book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast.